This episode is made possible by PwC. Businesses today face countless risks that could come from almost anywhere. Now you can stay ahead of the game with our risk management products and proactively manage threats before they become risks. At PwC, it adds up to the new equation. Learn more at riskproducts.pwc.com. That's riskproducts.pwc.com. The Nationals' outlook for the rest of the season, and are the Nats better or worse than we thought? Next on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. Your number one source for Nats talk, updates, and insider information. This is the Talk Nats Podcast. Well, hello and welcome in to this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. So when you're using your podcatcher of choice, make sure and hit that follow or subscribe button. That way you will know when the new podcasts are available. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Take 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code at manscaped.com. So in this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, we talk about the national season so far. Are they better or worse than we thought? And what is the outlook for the rest of the season? In this episode, we have Kevin Nibley of the Talk Nats podcast. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining me here. And the Nationals aren't getting quite, you know, the outcome that we were hoping for as they drop to the Marlins again today by a score of five to three. Taking a look at this team, we knew that they weren't going to be great and they've had some high points and some low points. What is ultimately the identity of this year's Nationals team? You know, I, I think coming into the season, what you really wanted to see uh, was uh, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore. You want to see them as rotation pieces. You want to see Kevin uh, Ruiz show some progress and C.J. Abrams and Luis Garcia. You know, in terms of identity, I think they've been scrappy. You know, I, I think the starting pitching's performed much better uh, than most of us would have expected. They're in pretty much every game. You know, when you turn them on, you get an entertaining game. They don't win them all, but by and large, they're mostly in them. Uh, you know, I think this identity, they've been good on defense. They hustle. You know, I think what they're lacking, they don't really have a lot of pop. And I think that's in some of these close games they're losing. I think that's what you're seeing is, is a deficiency and something that you hope they could supplement with some of the talent coming up through the minors or perhaps in free agency. But yeah, I mean, I would think this team, their identity, they're a, uh, overachieving uh, scrappy bunch, you know, and you hope they could maybe sniff 70 wins. I think that's about what we have uh, with this club this year. Because, you know, when the big changes were made on this team the last few years here, we know that Juan Soto and Josh Bell got traded out and then a Trey Turner and Max Scherzer got moved out. There was a time when I was following this team like, what are they doing? We're taking this team that in 2019 yeah. wins the World Series and we're blowing it all up. 
Yeah. But if you take a look at it in hindsight, you take a look at it, uh, there was no way that Max Scherzer was going to come back here. Uh, they couldn't have come to terms with Trey Turner or, or you know, Juan Soto just based on the fact of uh, Boris, his agent. That was never going to happen. But one of the bright spots for me on this team right now is their prospect pool. They are much better right now than they were a few years ago. Talk to me a little bit about the prospects on this team and how hopeful you are for the future. Yeah, very hopeful. Um, I mean, obviously at the major league level, uh, you have Josiah Gray and Mackenzie Gore. Josiah Gray's made a huge leap this year. Um, and Gore's been pretty solid, uh, you know, since every game he's pitched for the Nationals. Um, CJ Abrams and and Luis Garcia. CJ's been, you know, this series in Miami, not so great, but he, you know, swung a good bat against the Mets. Um, he's showing some progress, but but really down in the minors is where you can start to get a little more excited. You have James Wood, who I believe has just cracked a top 10 prospect um, on a lot of lists. Um, Robert Hassel, the third, um, looks like a solid center fielder. Um, Brady House could could potentially fill in at third base uh, or second base. Um, and then also uh, the number two pick in a draft. And, and there's some whale level uh, prospects. They'll probably end up with either Dylan Cruz or uh, Paul Skeens from LSU. Um, both, you know, either one of them could be potentially the next Strasburg or Harper of this rebuild. So yeah, I think the future's bright. And, uh, you know, in terms of salary on the books, uh, you know, really it's only Corbin who has one more year left and Strasburg making any money. So whenever the ownership situation gets settled, whether it's a new owner or maybe the learners kind of re-upping and spending on a team again, there's gonna be a lot of money for free agents. Um, so I think the future is bright. You know, it's not gonna be this season, um, but maybe next season, certainly if not by 2025, I think you could expect a Nationals team that could compete for divisions and playoff spots again. You know, it's interesting you bring up uh, Strasburg and then you bring up uh, like Cade Cavalli, two pitchers that I think, you know, were poised uh, I would say Cade Cavalli more than Steven Strasburg. Steven Strasburg, I, I didn't really think he was going to pitch this year. I just didn't. I was hopeful, but I, I kind of knew it wasn't going to be the case. Um, when you heard about the injury to Cade Cavalli, how upset were you? I, at the moment that I heard about that, I was really upset. I was thinking to myself, here we go. I thought this team was kind of poised. The starting rotation was pretty good. And then that happened. What were your thoughts when you heard about that happening? Yeah, it was a, a huge bummer. Um, he had looked good in spring training, and, and I think the game where it happened, I want to say it was against the Mets, and he, you know, was through like four or five scoreless and was looking really good in that game, shutting down the, the Mets. Um, yeah, that was a blow. Um, and yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him. Um, he'll be back next year at some point, hopefully, after, you know, his TJ recovery. And that's another guy you can hopefully uh, slot into the rotation. Um, yeah, he, he was showing a lot of promise. Um and hopefully, at least at some point in 2024, he's back in rotation, uh, you know, definitely by 25. Um, but yeah, that was a bummer. I, I think if they did have Cavalli, this could have been a season where you could have maybe gotten a little more excited about the future of that rotation for sure. There is, you know, somewhat promising news. We just talked to Cade Cavalli. They were saying on Twitter here, his brace is off. He can straighten his arm and touch his shoulder. 
If only for a few days, the young right-hander is leaving the monotony of rehabbing his right elbow at the Nat Spring training facility after Tommy John surgery and join the team for a weekend back in D.C. It's only two months into the lengthy rehab process, but Cavalli has made significant strides that have made him and the organization optimistic his recovery a return next year. He was going to be our fifth starter Nationals manager, Davey Martinez told reporters after Washington's top pitching prospect, Cade Cavalli, suffered a grade three sprain of his ulnar collateral ligament, which will require, as we know, he had Tommy John surgery. So he seems like he is progressing rather well. So I'm hopeful, like they said here, it sounds like he should be joining the team next year. How optimistic are you about this Nationals rotation with Cade Cavalli in it? I think it could be great. I mean, you've seen right, like right now today, uh, Josiah Gray looks like uh, number three on a good team, maybe even a two. Mackenzie Gore, probably like a three at this point. Um, and, you know, Williams, uh, I believe we have him next year under contract. He's been a solid three or four. You know, if you get Cavalli in, um, you know, and he could be a three or four and uh, potentially Paul Skeens from LSU, or maybe they go out and try to be a player in free agency, get someone like uh, Aaron Nola or uh, Julio Urias, I believe is a free agent as well. Um, you know, there's a potential for like a really good rotation next year. And hopefully Cavalli uh, can recover from the TJ and be a part of it. You know, one of the Achilles heels of this team for the longest time I, is has been the bullpen. I even want to go back to almost the, the 2019 when they won the World Series. But yeah. for me, it seems like it's a little bit better. I mean, not, uh, you know, noticeably that much better, but it, it's better than I think than it has been. Uh, taking a look at, you know, the, the bullpen, you know, Hunter Harvey uh, has been a bright spot for the most part. And, you know, just even taking a look at the game today, it wasn't, uh, the bullpen that really uh, screwed it up. You know, Thompson did a good job. Ramirez uh, both pitched rather well. Uh, Thompson allowed one earned run, but Williams was the one that allowed three earned runs. Williams now one and two on the season. Um, does it seem like this bullpen on this Nationals team is actually somewhat decent? Yeah, I think so. Uh, compared to some of the ones we've had in the past, and like as you mentioned, even on uh, you know our contending teams and, and world championship, our world championship team, I think that was historically the worst bullpen in the history of baseball through June of 2019 until they got Hudson and a couple other guys to stabilize it. Um, yeah, no, obviously Hunter Harvey. I, I think they want him to be the closer. Uh, you know, he had a, a rough uh, one against Miami in the first game of the series. But, but by and large, he's been very good. Um, and, you know, Mason Thompson, I think he got a little burnout in that uh, game against the Mets a few weeks back where he pitched three innings. But otherwise, he's been solid. He has a promising young arm. Even their B-bull pen, you know, Ramirez is, is a solid innings eater. Uh, you know, Daddy's Ward's been okay. Um, yeah, I think the bullpen has been a strength. You know, we haven't had a really, really good bullpen almost all the way back to 2014 or 2013 with some of those – Clifford Storin, Ryan Matthews, uh, you know, those kind of teams. So it, it's been a deficiency, but I think it's it's on the up and up. And hopefully to the, you know, that's something as the team gets better. I'm also hoping that ownership will maybe make a few free agent additions as we look to get back into a period of contention and the bullpen could really be a strength. 
Um, so yeah, the bullpen is doing better and taking a look, you know, we were talking there briefly about starting pitching there as well. Um, not, you know, too bad. All things considered a bright spot. You touched on him briefly. There was Josiah Gray. Um, I do see him as being one of the top starters in the rotation for the nationals in years to come. I know that uh, he has been kind of the victim of lack of run support, at least earlier in the season. He seemed to have kind of found his stride here as of late. Where do you see Josiah Gray in the long-term plans with his team? I'm I'm actually quite hopeful, uh, and I see Josiah Gray showing some tenacity, some perseverance, yeah. um, espe- especially later in the game where normally, you know, when we saw him first come to this team, he would get rattled and he'd lose his focus and then he would blow the game. It seems like he's kind of just drawing this inner strength and saying, you know, Josiah, I got this. I, I Keep it down. And uh, he's been doing pretty good. What What is your outlook on Josiah Gray? Yeah, I think I think he's been great. I think um, you know, looking back at his season last year, he was one of the worst starters in the majors. I think he was. If, if he didn't give up the most home runs in the major leagues, it was close. I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he gave up a lot of home runs last year, and uh, you know, obviously had a high ERA. And he is by and large fix that problem. He is not giving up home runs this year yet. His uh, first start against Atlanta wasn't so good, but since then. I mean, he really has been solid. He he went into City Field and just shut the Mets down. Um, last, uh, you know, the other night against uh, Miami, he didn't have his best stuff. But as you said, he had the the mental uh, tenacity and toughness to persevere and, and get through a start and keep his team in it when he didn't have his best stuff. Um, I think he... I don't think he's going to be an ace, but he projects as a two or three. Um, you know, a, a lot of Nats fans, we kind of compare where we are to... Uh, the 2010 to 2012 progression of, of, you know, when the Nats made that leap way back when. And, you know, I I think Josiah is like a young Jordan Zimmerman, potentially. I think he could profile is a three and maybe in a prime year, it could be a two or one like Zimmerman was. And and I think he's on that track and uh, you, you have to like the mental toughness um, and the improvement that you've seen from him this season for sure. Yeah, an exciting thing. You know, when I saw him come to this team and I saw him play and kind of looked at his statistics, uh, I thought he looked pretty good. He had kind of a bumpy start to this team, but I think he's starting to kind of find his groove. So I'm definitely optimistic about Josiah. So now a tougher question, and we talked about him briefly here, is Steven Strasburg, a guy that has been huge for this team until he signed his new contract uh, a couple of years ago or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden that was it for Steven Strasburg. Being that he was such a huge piece on this team and has been for a long time, how do the Nationals proceed? Vroom is the better way to buy and sell used cars. Looking for your next ride? Go to Vroom.com now to shop thousands of cars right from your phone. Not only can you buy a car on Vroom.com, but you can also sell or trade in your old car too. When you buy a car on Vroom, they'll deliver it straight to you. If you sell your car to Vroom, they'll come pick it up, free of charge. No more driving around, getting appraisals you aren't sure are fair. No more dealing with flaky direct buyers. Not with Vroom. Sell or trade in your car with Vroom and try out your new ride for a full week to make sure it's right for you. Go to Vroom.com now to get an instant offer on your used car. Don't wait. Vroom, it's the better way to buy and sell used cars. So head over to Vroom.com now to see what your current ride is worth and check out thousands of cars to find your next one. That's Vroom.com. Vroom.com. 
And now for my next trick. I will combine the strength of hefty, ultra-strong trash bags with the joyfully clean scent of Fabuloso! Wow! Smells like rainbows and unicorns! Hefty, hefty, hefty! Well, that turned out better than when I tried to split my assistant in half. New hefty, ultra-strong trash bags with Fabuloso scent. So strong, so joyful, it must be magic. With Steven Strasberg. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I, you know, I don't know if he's going to pitch again, I'll be honest. Um, I hope he does. Um, it was a huge bummer that he had worked his way back from the uh, thoracic outlet syndrome last season, uh, you know, got back. I believe it was against the Marlins and, and that was it. He made that one start and then, you know, he started having uh, shoulder issues again and, and they shut him down. Um, it's one of those things where, yeah, I, if you're moving forward as, as a Nationals fan, and certainly I assume Mike Rizzo and the people in, in management there, I don't know if you really pencil in Steven Strasburg uh, is is a piece moving forward uh, with this rebuild. I, you know, I think best case scenario, uh, maybe he's able to get his arm healthy enough that that potentially through the run of his contract, he could come back and maybe be a closer or something. You know, maybe he could give you help at the back end of the bullpen He's on the books already for his, you know, his big contract. I, I want to say it's three or four more years. I think they signed him the end of 2019. So I think it's three or four more years left. Um, but yeah, maybe you get him healthy enough. You could use him as a closer or setup man, something like that. But I, I'm not very optimistic that he's going to come back and be a part of uh, rotation on the next uh, good Nationals team, unfortunately. So the other elephant in the room on the starting rotation, that is, is Patrick Corbin, uh, a guy that came to this team and at first played pretty well and oddly enough was a pretty good reliever in the 2019 when they won the World Series. What is the outlook for Patrick Corbin or would he be better utilized as a reliever? It's a, that's an interesting question. And, and I think a lot of people were asking that, uh, certainly the last couple of years where he's really been, again, one of the worst starters in the majors last year and the year before. Um, you know, he's been decent this year. Uh, certainly, uh, fine. I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I, I want to say he started off pretty bad, but his last several starts, he's been solid. You know, he's been doing six innings, two or three runs, keeping you in a game, solid number four or five starter type of numbers. So I think if he keeps performing, they'll, they'll use him that way. He's obviously on the books for this season and next season. You know, I think if you're a Nats fan, the best case scenario is he rediscovers a little bit of form enough that perhaps you could move his contract to a contender. You know, the Nats are improved this year, but you know, let's be honest, they're not going to playoffs or this isn't going to be something you were contending. I mean, maybe you get lucky and you could get Corbin, you know, over to another team, eat some of the salary, get them off the books. Um, but yeah, depending, you know, like like you meant, I, I don't see it this year, but you mentioned like Cavalli, someone like that coming back next year, and potentially if the Nats draft someone like Paul Skeens from LSU, who might even be in a rotation next year if they do that, you know, then I could see, yeah, using uh, Corbin as a long reliever or, or using, you know, obviously we all remember he saved, uh, you know, or didn't save it, but he, he pitched three scoreless innings in Game 7 of the World Series help the Nats win the World Series. So he's shown he can come out of the bullpen. And maybe that's his role in 2025 if some of these younger arms, I'm sorry, in 2024, if some of these younger arms come up uh, and stick in the rotation. 
So a lot of questions for the Nationals to answer. I think that the rest, the remainder of this season will kind of answer a lot of those questions. Which pitchers do they proceed with? Which uh, pitchers do they perhaps try to move out of D.C.? A lot of questions abound. All right, so after the break here, we're going to talk about what are the Nationals going to do at third base. It seems to be a position that has been a lot of uncertainty surrounding it pretty much since Anthony Rendon left. We'll talk about that coming up. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right, they are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using promo code MINUTECAST for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all the stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the beard hedger this thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces first off this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons that's right a face grooming doesn't need to be hard get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard plus it's waterproof so you can shave in the shower to avoid all the hair in the sink the titanium t-blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face leading to single stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time the pro kit doesn't end there though they have created the dermatologist tested formulations for post-trim care. First, there is the beard shampoo and conditioner. You need to remember all the hair is different. Your beard hair is more coarse and easier to damage than the hair on your head. That's why this kit has made shampoo and conditioner specifically designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, replace natural oils, and promote beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's beard oil, an essential piece of your main facial accessory. No one wants a guy with a beard that is brittle and dry. The oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin, beneath while adding a little shimmer and shine, making you look extra fine. Cap the kit off with a beard balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, moisturizes, and tames for a sculptured look to attract any fellows or dames. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So, get 20% off and free shipping with promo code MINUTECAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com and use promo code M-I-N-U-T-E-C-A-S-T, Manscaped, Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. All right, welcome back into this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. In today's episode, we are happy to have Kevin Nibley on the show from Talk Nats. So the question at third base abounds. The Carter Keyboom experiment, uh, we know that they signed Jamer Candelario in the offseason. Uh, sometimes Vargas can play third base, but it seems like there's been a vacuum at that position ever since Anthony Rendon went out to the Angels. Uh, you take a look at Carter Keyboom. We know that he had that Tommy John surgery. And then a Nationals manager, Davey Martinez, said Monday that Carter Keyboom is dealing with a right lat soreness at AAA Rochester Keyboom wrapped up a minor league a rehab assignment earlier this month and was making up for some lost time due to an injury at AAA Rochester. The 25-year-old former top prospect has been besieged by a myriad of physical issues the last few years, and it would be really unfortunate if he's facing another extended absence. So the Carter Keyboom experiment, a guy that we've heard about for so many years, he's going to be good next year. Nope next year uh forget that the year after that then he's going to be good carter keyboom for me you know it's what have you done for me lately even when he has been in peak health and he has his had his opportunity on the nationals 
he's fallen fall far short of expectation. Where do you see the Nationals at third base? Is Carter Keboom have a future, or is it pretty much Jamer Candelario and Vargas's job going forward? Uh, yeah, I think for this season, uh, it's certainly Jamer Candelario's job. Uh, yeah, and Vargas uh, is, is a backup. I, I think for the future, that's a position where you hope Brady House comes up through the minors, maybe can take it. Um, and then honestly, if you don't feel like that's going to happen, that's a big free agency position. There's uh, Matt Chapman out there killing it for Toronto. I believe he uh, is someone you could get in free agency this offseason. That to me seems like where you would make an ad in free agency. Obviously, if, you know, Carter Keboom at one point, I believe, was uh, number 21 prospect in all of baseball uh, only three years ago. So, you know, maybe sometimes guys are late bloomers. Uh, it happens. You hope he's like one of those Chris Davis types that at 26, 27 figures it out and has a couple great prime years. Doesn't look likely, though. Obviously, the, you know, he didn't hit major league pitching well, and obviously he's been injured. Candelaria, I think he's, he's, he's heating up and he's been good, but I, I think he's one of those guys, if he does perform – Sadly, he would be someone I would think Rizzo would want to flip at the deadline. I don't I don't see him long term as a national. I think he's a short term fix holding it down for hopefully house or a bigger free agent signing. Yeah, it's a tough thing ever since because you took a, a look at was Rendon or if you want to even go further back, Zimmerman playing over there. So it's been quite a while since there's been stability out there. Another player that has surprised me is Victor Robles. I know an injury uh, as of late, but he came into this season saying, you know, I'm putting faith in God, you know, that I'm going to do better this year. And I don't mean to disparage, you know, anyone's beliefs, but anytime you start saying I'm putting my faith in God, I'm like, you didn't put the work in at the gym. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you weren't hitting the, you know, batting practice or anything like that, but has been a pretty pleasant surprise. I would say at least an improvement over the Victor Robles that we've seen the previous couple of years, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, he started off great. Uh, you know, I, I want to say he was hitting close to 400 after the first couple of weeks or, you know, he started off great. Um, and obviously the thing with Robles is his defense in center field is elite. And, and it has been since he's come up in 2019. And Sadly, though, the 2019 version of Victor Robles is great, and he was the center fielder on a world championship team and uh, elite defense. You know, I think he had somewhere in the 15 to 20 home run range that year, you know, runs into a few every once in a while, makes great plays in center field, uh, has some speed. And, and that's what you thought, you know, or you hoped you were going to get from Robles. But sadly, the reality with Robles is it's a lot of mental errors. He gets picked off on the bases a lot some really strange butt attempts, you know, I think most Nats fans are sick of that, uh, you know, and I don't know, you know, it, he's a guy that I could, I think he's on his last shot this year with this team. Uh, he's another trade candidate. Um, when you do look at the uh, Nats minor leagues, you have James Wood, Robert Hassel, mm -hmm. Elijah Green, those are all outfielders. Um, if they don't draft Paul Skeens at number two in July, it's going to be Dylan Cruz or Wyatt Langford. Uh, you know, there are a lot of outfielders on the way. So Robles, to me, unless he comes back healthy this season and really tears it up, and you know, originally he was hyped as an, the next Andrew McCutcheon. That's how it, Robles was a bigger prospect than Juan Soto way back when. Um, you know, unless he comes back and, and lives up to that, I think he's a guy you're probably not going to see on the Nats moving forward for very long. 
So, I mean, just taking a look at the outfield in general, I think that uh, the Nationals are in a good position. Um, Call has done a pretty good job in the outfield. Lane Thomas has been a, a, a good addition to this team. I know when you know, there was that trade, it was the, with the Cardinals, if memory serves, he came here. I'm like, that's that's a pretty solid deal, all things considered. Um, another player that has impressed me, and I was very hyped when they got him, was C.J. Abrams. Um, has shown a couple miscues on the field, uh, but I think that his bat is heating up a little bit here. And when he is dialed in, I think that he has the potential of being a really great guy at shortstop for this Nationals team for years to come. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I like the, the CJ. I mean, you know, when, when you look at that Juan Soto trade, I, I think it's, I, you know, it's one of those trades that take a few years to really figure out how well each side did. But I mean looking at that trade, you get back Mackenzie Gore, who is, uh, could be your two or three in a rotation, uh, CJ Abrams. Um, who, yeah, I think he's a pretty good shortstop. I don't know if he's going to be Trey Turner. I don't know if he has that quite that high of a ceiling, but you know, at, he's young. I mean, I, I want to say he's 21 or 22. He's pretty young. Um, and as you saw against the Mets, he has some pop. He was putting some balls in the upper deck. Um, he's got a really good range and really good glove. His arm, he needs to work on his arm accuracy a little bit. He's, he's had, you know, some miscues in the field. But but I think that just comes from being young. The tools are all there. Um, and again, you know, at 22, most major league players are in, you know, single A, right? This guy's in the majors, and he's playing against the best competition in the world, and he's holding his own. You know, I actually think, you know, Trey Turner's gotten off to a slow start, but I think if you put their stats together, they're pretty comparable in terms of OPS and, and some of those metrics at this point in the season. So yeah, I think CJ Abrams has a bright future. I don't know if he's going to be a superstar, but I think he certainly could be a very solid starter on a very good team for sure. You know, of all the players that the, the Nationals lost here within the last few years, I was going to say that Trey Turner was the, the hardest one for me. You know, Max Scherzer, I was resigned to the fact that he's a bit of a journeyman. He'll go wherever pays him the most money, essentially. Juan Soto was a tough one for me as well, but I know who Boris is. I know that he doesn't really budge. Same with Josh Bell. Uh, Trey Turner was a tough one. So for them to find someone like Abrams to at least ostensibly fill that role for the long term was really big here. Um, and then just taking a look at what the Nationals got as a haul. Kbert Ruiz uh, finally adding some stability behind the plate. At least it appears that way. It's been kind of a turnstile, if you will, behind the plate for the last few years you know you've seen Suzuki in there and you've seen you know uh, different players uh, come and go uh, behind the plate there um talk to me a little bit about Ruiz Are, was that a good move for the Nationals to re-up him for the long term yeah I think so um I do I I like Kavert Ruiz a lot uh his bat the ball skills are elite uh especially for a catcher um that which you know normally is not a uh, elite offensive uh position right um it's a defensive position his bat the ball skills are amazing he doesn't strike out he makes great contact i think it was good to re-up him the issue right now which a lot of nats fans would complain about is they're playing him he needs more days off i think his legs are a little weak he's they're literally playing him almost every day they should probably work uh riley adams in a little bit more you know his bat the ball skills are elite but his power hasn't been great you know you see you see a lot of uh tape with Ruiz where right off the bat, it looks like, oh my God, that could be a home run. And then it just ends up being an easy fly ball. I, I think he needs to hit the weight room a little more. I think he needs some more days off. You know, his legs can be a little stronger. And, and I think if, if 
he does that, he could be a potential all-star. I do think it's probably not going to be this year, but I do think he will be, uh, you know, the Nats, uh, the first regular catcher the Nats have had since Wilson Ramos. I think he will be a great catcher. Um, but, you know, again, as Nats fans, we were spoiled. We had some guys like uh, Harper, Turner, Rendon, just come Soto come up and they're like all-stars within their first month of being a prospect. I, I think some of the prospects we have now, like Ruiz, Abrams, Gray, Gore, it, it, you know, it's taken them a little bit, but I do think in the next year or two, you will see, you know, they will bear some fruit. You'll, you'll see why the Nats wanted those guys. So what, what is it about uh, their reluctance to want to use Adams behind the plate? I mean, if you look at him, staturally speaking, he looks like he could, you know, knock it out of the park every time he's at bat there. But sometimes that doesn't really prove anything. I mean, sometimes C.J. Abrams has some pop in his bat, and the guy looks like he weighs about 100 pounds. Uh, the same thing was true for Trey Turner. He looked like a 16-year-old kid when he was playing for the Nationals at first. So I guess that doesn't always, you know, uh, explain things. But for Adams, anyway... Uh, you were speaking of that, that they're using Ruiz too much. What What is the reluctance to wanting to use Adams more? I, you, I mean, you know, I think you'd have to have Davey Martinez on to explain that or Mike Rizzo, whoever's come up with this plan. I, I don't get it because I, I do think, you know, today's uh, prime example, they were in, they had a chance to come back against the Marlins. And they cut it to one run at a couple men on base. Ruiz is up and I think he just looks weak and uh and it's I don't think it's Ruiz's fault I I think he's most catchers play two out of everything three games right catchers catcher in, in major league baseball is kind of like running back in the NFL you can't you know you can't give the running back 45 carries a game or maybe there are very few people you could do that to you know you, you need to have a little bit of a timeshare it's a demanding position so they've been playing Ruiz way too much. And I think it's worn down on him. Uh, you know, Riley Adams, I, he, uh, I think uh, Corbin pitches better when he pitches to Riley Adams. Uh, he had that, uh, you know, really key home run in the San Francisco series a week or so ago. I think Riley Adams is, is a more than fine backup catcher. And I would like them to play him more, you know, and if you like Ruiz's bat, maybe work him in at DH a little bit you know, maybe get him a first baseman's glove and try to see if you could work him in that way. But I think to have Ruiz catch four out of every five games is just unsustainable. And they did just make an investment in him. I mean, it was $50 million, like 150, but they paid enough. You don't want to like, you know, you don't want to like buy a car and then take it cross country and back again and burn the tires, right? You know, so I think they do need to, to give Ruiz a little bit of a break. All right, Kevin, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. Where can we find your work online? Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm just K underscore Nibley on Twitter. A um, lot of baseball tweets, a lot of movie tweets. I uh, work in television. Um, you can see my work as a, a television editor on a show called On Patrol Live right now. And I also work on a show called Moonshiners. And, and please watch those two shows. And, uh, you know, thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, Kevin, thank you for joining us on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. And once again, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. Once again, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. My name is Dan Holmey of the Talk Nats podcast, and I'll talk to you again next time. Vroom is the better way to buy and sell used cars. Looking for your next ride? Go to vroom.com now to shop thousands of cars right from your phone. Not only can you buy a car on Vroom.com, but you can also sell or trade in your old car, too. When you buy a car on Vroom, they'll deliver it straight to you. If you sell your car to Vroom, they'll come pick it up. 
free of charge. No more driving around, getting appraisals you aren't sure are fair. No more dealing with flaky direct buyers. Not with Vroom. Sell or trade in your car with Vroom and try out your new ride for a full week to make sure it's right for you. Go to Vroom.com now to get an instant offer on your used car. Don't wait. Vroom, it's the better way to buy and sell used cars. So head over to Vroom.com now to see what your current ride is worth and check out thousands of cars to find your next one. That's Vroom.com. Vroom.com.